Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Here we go. What's up on a Monday? Hold on. Hold on. Got to get the camera on. There we go. That's better. What's up on a Monday? Glad to see you guys. So usually I save the line stuff for uh, for Tuesday. Even on the radio show, I call it Lines Tuesday. Not today because the Saints play tonight. And even though I know, like, yeah, I, I don't talk much NFL on here, uh, I want to do more. Quite frankly, I, I wish I did more. I just don't. Um... Because that's not what you guys are looking for. But I know tomorrow that I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about the Saints game tonight. And I'm just going to waste time talking about that. For the few of you that are actually Saints fans, that's what tomorrow will be. So today, I'm going to go ahead and already turn the page. Although last weekend was great and relatively relaxing because everybody won and looked good doing it. Uh, We're going to go ahead and turn the page already because tomorrow I'm going to talk Saints. I just know I am. Thanks, Paul. Paul says, good luck to your Saints. Yeah, we're finally getting healthy. Finally getting healthy. I mean, the fact that they're 3-2 and two right now, considering the hurricane displacement plus all of the injuries, is pretty remarkable. Um, and then we're getting a bit of a break tonight because no Russell Wilson in Seattle. So we'll see. We'll see. But that's what I'll be talking about tomorrow. So today, uh, first, I want to tell you guys a story. I don't know if you saw this yesterday. Tom Brady broke a record. Tom Brady became the first to 600 passing touchdowns as a quarterback. And somehow a fan got their uh, hands on the actual football. This fan, again, got his hand, was in possession in the stands of Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass. And on the broadcast, according to Tracy Wolfson, They were able to convince this guy to trade the football for another ball and, quote, some kind of signed jersey. And Nance and Romo on the broadcast were just uh, apparently just absolutely killing this guy because that's the worst trade ever. Like what he should have done, and it's hard to do it in the moment, but the second you get in possession of that ball, take off, leave the stadium. Fans are not obligated to give the football back to the field. Like, they're not in the NFL. I think in college they have to. Fans can keep the ball. He should have taken that ball and took off because that thing would have been worth tens of thousands of dollars, and instead he just handed it over for a signed jersey and a different football. What an idiot. I mean, come on, man. Oh, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? That's the worst deal in sports history. This is the worst deal. Brady's 600th touchdown ball for a different ball and a signed jersey? What I mean, at least negotiate a little bit better. No, no, I not not a signed jersey. I, I want every player to sign this jersey. 
or I don't know, Brady, give me 20 grand and I'll give you the football back. Just, yeah, give me a signed jersey and I'm good. Here's this ball that would have changed my life forever. <laughs> yes, exactly. He could have gotten so much more, in, even like a meet and greet. Absolutely. Yes, Tom, I will give you that football after you let me tour your facility and I get to sit down and have a beer with you. Well, he doesn't drink beer during the season. Sit down and have a blended uh, kale tea with avocado juice or something. I, I don't know. Just whatever Brady drinks during the season. What a terrible deal. That is for that guy. Unbelievable. But uh, anyway, glad to see you guys. T says, good morning, Borky. Not feeling good about this matchup at Auburn. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. I I am mostly worried uh, for Ole Miss about receiver health. Uh, You know, Bo Nix has looked better lately. Uh, This is a unique challenge going on the road. If the defense can play well three weeks in a row, but it feels like, you know, they're at maximum swagger and potential right now, but. You're not going and winning a game in Jordan-Hare if you have one reliable wide receiver. Somebody has to do something, whether you scheme more for Ely and Parrish out of the backfield or maybe Sanders comes back healthy. But, yeah, Corral needs help in the pass game. I mean, he desperately needs help. And they either need to get it by getting healthy or scheming some way to get the ball into Ely or Parrish's hands out of the backfield. Because otherwise, uh, I I just – I am not – thrilled with how that group has uh, has played so far but anyway so we'll look at those uh real quick I want to remind you though if you're watching on twitter you cannot comment i know a lot of you do in fact I, it doesn't even show me on here on my software how many of you on twitter are actually watching um you can't participate at all other than actually watching so swing on over to youtube find me on youtube michael borky or facebook paul's on facebook watching uh, same name, Michael Borky on YouTube or Facebook. Subscribe if you're uh, watching on YouTube and you haven't already. And uh, like the video also would help me a lot. Or wherever you get your podcast, Mike, in the morning. I know the vast majority of my consumers of this do it in podcast form. Uh, so I appreciate all of you, especially the post-game ones. The, the download numbers for that are 10 times higher than that during the week. So don't uh, don't miss it. You can find it in podcast form as well. All right, early lines. Lines came out. Oh, late yesterday. And uh, there's only four SEC games this weekend, by the way. Only four. Uh, the the bigger games earlier in the day, it feels like, belong to uh, other conferences. Although, how about this? I mean, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are both involved in one-point lines as of this recording on Monday at 8.05 in the morning. Uh, so we should – and they're, they're side-by-side at the exact same time, which is so frustrating. First of all, it's Halloween. I've got a two-year-old, so we're going to do the trick-or-treating thing. I will probably miss at least you know the first few minutes of both games. But again, first-world problems. I was complaining about this Saturday night. It's impossible to watch two games at the same time with intent. You know what I mean? Like It's fine to go sit at the sports book or a bar or whatever and just have a bunch of games going on TVs that you, know, you check in with each one and, and stuff like that. But when you're having to like watch with intent, the way I watch Ole Miss and State games with like a notepad and stuff, you can't do it with two. It's impossible. You've got to pick one for volume, and it's just, it's hard. You know, oh, woe is me. How dare I complain about that? But still, I wish these games were staggered, at least somewhat, but should be a lot of fun around here. High stress on uh, on Saturday night, but only four games in the SEC. Uh, besides the ones here, you've got Florida, Georgia, and Missouri Vanderbilt. Ugh. Oh, it's going to be a terrible football game. But uh, 
Georgia, Florida, looking at that one, um, my thought is I am not calling an upset. I'm not. I do not think Florida is going to beat Georgia, even if Dan Mullen has finally realized that Anthony Richardson is his better quarterback and his best chance to win games. Even if that happens, I'm still not calling an upset. However, this college football season is prime for an upset like this, right? I mean, we have seen it everywhere else. Alabama went down on the road. Ohio State lost to Oregon at home. Oklahoma is going to get beat by somebody. They're, they're so pedestrian, and ESPN pushing this Caleb Williams for Heisman thing is a joke. It is a freaking joke, and it's so transparent that the people that cover, they do a terrible job of it, that cover college football at the biggest stage. Now, other people do it better. Like I think the crew at The Athletic does a better job than that of ESPN. The guys at CBS do a better job than that of ESPN really actually covering college football. But ESPN's got the biggest platform. They do. They have the most consumers. And pushing that narrative that a guy that started two games in his career, one of which was, uh, oh, I should have lost to Kansas, and you're pushing that guy for Heisman is so transparent that you only care about six teams in America, and that's it. There is no depth in coverage whatsoever. It, it, it's an insult to Kenny Pickett. It's an insult to Matt Corral. Uh, Kenny Walker at Michigan State deserves far more pub than Caleb Williams at Oklahoma. I, I mean, what what are we doing here? It's so transparent. It's so sad, honestly, compared to what the mothership, as Dan Patrick calls it, ESPN, what they used to be versus what they are now. The fact that they're even mentioning the guy that started two games, it's October 25th, and a guy that started two games is getting Heisman love on ESPN. One of those two games is Kansas, a game they probably should have lost. It's a joke. They don't even mention Kenneth Walker. Watch that dude play on Saturday. It, it's it's so frustrating because I remember growing up wanting to be there, and now <laughs> seeing what they've become is kind of sad. Anyway. Anyway, this is the college football season, though, that is prime for an upset like this one. I would not at all be surprised. On one hand, I would because Georgia's really good. Florida is, is kind of reeling. Florida just lost to LSU, all that stuff. But when you look at this season as a whole, what you've seen from college football this year, would you honestly be shocked if Georgia lost to Florida this Saturday? I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't because that's what this season has given us. Incredible parity. Shocking losses. Alabama losing in College Station was shocking. But in the context of this season, not at all. Not at all. Uh, That's all I'll say. Georgia is better than Florida. But this season has given us upsets like this. Saturday night after this game ends in Florida's the winner, I would not be surprised. Truly, I would not. Ole Miss right now, one-point underdog at Jordan-Hare. Auburn got a bye week this week. Uh, Sometimes that's not good. I mean, you've heard Lane Kiffin mention it before. He'd rather, if you're playing well, keep playing and and have a game the next Saturday to keep your rhythm going. Sometimes bye weeks are not all that welcome. I don't know the the 
if there's any truth to it whatsoever. But man, is the internet buzzing about potential suspensions for Auburn players. I would love to know how real that actually is, but everybody's talking about I got a text message last night. Hey, is it true? I don't know, but that's what the internet is saying is true, uh, that there are going to be Auburn players that are suspended for the game. I don't know. I have no idea, but I love the internet sometimes. Um, Ole Miss needs health to win. They need health to win. They, they need Braylon Sanders. I, I don't, I mean, Mingo was in crutches on Saturday. I highly doubt he'll be available, but uh, they need Braylon Sanders or just somebody else besides Dontario Drummond to help them in the pass game. I don't think they're going to Jordan Hare and beating this Auburn team with the way they've had to conduct their offense the last couple of weeks. I really don't see that happening. They have got to get more uh, from them. But luckily, it appears that you know Corral came out of this game healthy. Uh, you found some things on the offensive line. Jerry and Ely looks 100% clearly. Uh, not that I'm aware of anyway. No uh, defensive injuries that, that I remember anyway from the game. And, of course, Lane doesn't talk about it, so who knows. This is a good this is a good one right here. Lane needs to get uh, Casey Kelly into the play calling more. That he is a good pass catcher. He really is. I mean, he's not the the best athlete in the world, but he seems to be in good position and run good routes and catch the football. Uh, he's got really good hands. And yeah, so using him more, uh, I'm curious to see how they scheme this game. It felt like they really took their foot not off the gas but didn't take any risks on Saturday because they didn't have to. They ran the football. They were playing great defense. They didn't take many risks. Uh, didn't force, or Corral didn't force the ball downfield, and they didn't really take many shots because they were so great at running the ball. I'm curious to see how schematically they approach this game, getting somebody like Kelly involved or someone like that. But somebody has to step up in the pass game or else they're not winning. Because Corral, yes, he did beat Tennessee basically by himself, you don't want to ask him to do that again. Somebody else has to help him here. On the other side for Mississippi State, also a one-point line in this game. Uh, Kentucky is a one-point favorite. It, it opened, actually, in some places as State being the favorite in this game. Um, I saw a couple places where State was a two-point favorite. That is not the case at the moment. Kentucky minus one, one and a half, depending on where you look. This is Mississippi State's biggest challenge against a comparable team, if that makes sense. You guys remember my tone going into the Alabama game and after, that it's hard to really judge a team and their performance when it's the roster discrepancy that you have between them and that of Alabama. And when Alabama was locked in and executing against State, State had no chance. The rosters are just different, completely Different. This is not the case with Kentucky. This is a comparable team. This is their biggest challenge, though, this season. They are very fundamentally sound, very physical up front. They run the football well. I am not as impressed with Kentucky's new quarterback, the Penn State transfer, as other people are, but he does actually throw the football vertically, which is a refreshing change for uh, the Kentucky fan out there. But I'm not near as impressed with him as others are. Uh, but they play great defense. They're fundamentally sound. They rarely miss assignments, if they ever miss assignments. This is Mississippi State's biggest challenge this year, not named Alabama. And there were some things that I saw in the Vanderbilt game that um, you cannot do and beat Kentucky. Will Rogers cannot hold on to the football for as long as he did at times 
against Vanderbilt. He cannot make a couple of the mistakes that he did. One of the interceptions was not his fault, but the other one, and there was a couple of, of plays that should have been made. Um, there was a dropped interception from Vanderbilt that he just cannot do. He cannot do uh, if they want to beat Kentucky this week. So huge game. Should be an incredible environment in Starkville. No no reason to not sell this game out. Uh, the weather's going to be great. The kickoff time is going to be great. Tickets are available for like $21 right now on the state website. It should be a sellout. It should be a great environment. Um, a huge game for Mike Leach and for Mississippi State this weekend. Huge, 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 huge game. Kentucky's number 12, by the way, in the country coming to town. No reason to not pack that place out and have a great crowd. And I, I expect that they will, but no reason not to. Other games I'm looking at. Michigan at Michigan State, by the way. You get to watch that at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Uh, two undefeated teams. Big rivalry, number six at number eight. Michigan, by the way, in a three-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. But, you know, maybe we'll also write that that is an audition for Mel Tucker. Because apparently, this, let's talk about that, actually. I'm going really fast today. I haven't taken a break. I had a couple, I had some coffee this morning. So now I'm, um, now I'm, I'm a little, a little wired, a little fired up, um, this past Saturday, this line of thinking, it's honestly hilarious to me that people think that this past Saturday was an audition for Lane Kiffin in the LSU job. And it was even written in a publication in Louisiana that Kiffin clearly viewed it as an audition because he kept corralling the game. Um, That's just goofy, honestly. Scott Woodward is not an idiot. He's not. But if he was an idiot, yeah, maybe you could view that as an audition. No athletic director is going to have a list of candidates and move a guy up or down his list based on the outcome of one game. Like that that's not that's not how a competent person runs a search like this. And I do not believe Scott Woodward is incompetent in the same way that former Chancellor Ole Miss Jeffrey Vitter is. Uh, that That is not what's going on here. That was not an audition for Lane Kiffin. If it was, your athletic director that's running the search is a moron, and he is not. There is not a single competent person that is in this position that would say, you know, Lane Kiffin was number four or five on my list, but then I watched his team beat up on my bad team a week after I fired their coach, and you know what? He's my guy now. That's that's ridiculous, honestly. He could be number one on Woodward's list. He could be number five or anywhere in between. But his position on that list, if it's being held by a competent person, is unchanged based on him winning a home game against a bad team a week after their coach gets fired. Like that that's not how that works. Just like if Mel Tucker loses this game to Michigan, that that doesn't eliminate his candidacy. The same principle applies to James Franklin. James Franklin lost at home to Illinois this weekend. Sean Clifford, he's not healthy. He probably shouldn't have played in the game. But if that alters his candidacy at all, then you're a fool. You're a fool if that changes his position 
his candidacy for your job. If it's one game that does it, you're a fool. And you're making the search with emotion and not with your brain, which, again, I do not think that Woodward is doing it that way. But the suggestion that that was an audition, I think it's foolish. I mean, it's a fun media narrative, I suppose. But if I'm holding the list, one game does not alter position on that list at all. One game, it cannot, because then you're going to make an emotional hire and it's not going to be the right fit for you. You find your guy, you hire your guy, regardless if he wins one game on a Saturday in October or loses one game on a Saturday in October. It's just a very very silly line of thinking. A very silly line of thinking, honestly. Chase says, according to the Mothership's app, Auburn is now minus two. Um. Also, Crowell's the leading rusher with 100 carries for 474 yards, and that has to change even if you have three running backs that split carries. Yeah, and that's, um, of course, skewed because of the 200-yard game uh, in Tennessee. But him being a part of the running game is a good strategy. But, of course, as, as you put it, not that much. Um, I have a feeling, or at least I think this is how it should go, that you're going to see less of Parrish and more of Connor and Ely. I think that's how that's going to go. At least that's how it should go anyway. Um, so, yeah, Michigan, Michigan State. Is that an audition for Mel Tucker? If he loses the game, does that? No, absolutely not. If Mel Tucker's your guy, then Mel Tucker's your guy, regardless of the outcome on Saturday. But it should be a hell of a game. I mean, an incredible atmosphere, too, at 11 a.m., local time, too, in East Lansing. It's a shame that the Big Ten has decided to put their biggest games on at that time. I mean, we don't get a night environment for number six at number eight. They have to play that game at 11 local time where fans are hopped up on coffee instead of, you know, what do they drink up there, Labatt Blue or whatever? It's a shame. I get why they did it because they don't want to compete with the SEC, but still, that stinks. Should be a fun game, though. Uh, You've got an interesting one, by the way. Texas Tech at Oklahoma. That's a the 230 game right next to Georgia, Florida. You're telling me that Texas Tech can't beat Oklahoma with how they score and how Oklahoma just allows everybody to score? That's a game that's going to fly under the radar. Not many people are going to talk about it unless they're talking about Caleb Williams' Heisman campaign. But I'm just saying, I'm going to circle that game a little bit. Texas Tech now can score. And, yeah, it's on the road, it's tough, whatever, but Texas Tech can score. And, you know, maybe we get that crazy upset. I'm not calling it, I don't think it'll happen, but just keep an eye on that game. You know, have it up on your score app or something just to see what's going on there because the way Oklahoma has played lately indicates that that might be a chance for uh, for an upset. And the other game that I'm paying closest attention to this weekend is uh, Penn State at Ohio State. Now, that game has been really soiled after Penn State's loss to Illinois. This was supposed to be the beginning weekend of those four teams in the Big Ten all playing each other, and we still get it with Michigan State-Michigan, but now that Penn State's coming into this game with a loss uh, in Columbus, Ohio State's a 17.5-point favorite. That's, uh, that's tough. That's tough, but... Um, Clifford's just not healthy. He's just not healthy. And probably shouldn't have played last week. But who knows? Maybe this is an audition, too, for James Franklin. You know? 
If he goes and beats Ohio State, hey, he's the next head coach at LSU. If he loses to Ohio State on the road with an injured quarterback, eh, we can't hire him now. Nope. Anyway. Anyway, should be a fun weekend. A lot more compelling than the one we just had, although college football never uh, never disappoints. So don't forget to subscribe. I'll be talking about this all week. Tomorrow I will be talking about the Saints game because I can't not talk about the Saints. I just I can't not. Um, so we'll do that tomorrow and then get into these games too. State and Kentucky, Old Miss, Auburn, day before Halloween. Halloween for most people, that's when... It'll be celebrated anyway. Should be a lot of fun. So thank you guys for tuning in. I'm going to head out. Don't forget to subscribe. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow, hopefully, celebrating a big Saints win. See you then. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.